in a world where there are loads and loads and loads of, you know, fraudsters, con people, you know, imposters, you name it, you happen to be a paranormal investigator who has been investigating, you know, entities and different types of spiritual manifestations, whether good or bad, for many, many years, long before any of this whole, you know, new age enlightenment, you know, people, extraterrestrial, spiritual, you know, quantum healing, before any of this went more mainstream than it is right now. You've been, let's just say, an, a paranormal investigator for about 40 years, give or take. One of the great paranormal investigators relative to the elites in which actually hire you to summon certain spirits during seances and you need it because you need the money. I mean, you do it because you need the money rather. And again, you don't necessarily agree nor disagree with what some of these elites do. But listen, you've been, you know, in contact with some of them over the many years. You've gotten in with, gotten in good with some of these elites. And when I say elites, you know, we can talk about whether it's, you know, the Les Wexners of the world or whether it's, you know, the, I mean, the Bill Gates of the world and these, these type of people at this level, right? You're called to one of their mansions one day to summon and manifest a certain being and this you've done this many times before it doesn't none of these beings ever follow you home you know what you're summoning is not necessarily good but you don't ask any questions you get paid loads and loads of money you get about 10 15 thousand dollars in cash every time you summon one of these beings so again you really need the money you're not going to ask any questions so one night you go to one of these mansions of these elites and they say, listen, you know, could you help us summon this particular being and you know the appropriate methods needed in order to do it? You say, yes, no problem. The being is then summoned, right? There, It is then enclosed within a room per se. And then these elites know that it's time for you to go and you know it's time to go too. So they hand you an envelope full of cash and then you're on your way out and they have one of their butlers walking you out. But here's the thing. One of them comes running down the hall and says, hold on a second, hold on a second. And they're holding a little puppy. It's alive. It's not dead or anything. They say, listen, this is my dog. There's a hole out in the back. It's actually where they tend to stay. Could you, and you're already thinking, what the hell? You're, I, there's a, a hole in a dog? What, what's going on here? And then this person says, could you please just you know throw the dog in the hole for me if that's all right? And you say to yourself, what the hell? And you look at them. You go, are you... Like, are you okay? Are you sure? And they reply and they giggle. They go, no, 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 no. This is like their sort of little house. It's where they play. You, you're still thinking this is very weird, but you're going to do it anyways because, you know, you're just going to do a quick little favor. Then you're going to take off and forget it. You you, you put this dog, you, instead of throwing the dog, you place the, do the dog gently into the hole. The dog then falls down the hole and you're like, my, like, is this normal? Like, what the, like, am I, what am I supposed to do here? At going against every moral and ethical bone in your body for wanting to stay and see what happened to the poor dog. You say to yourself, listen, I've been paid, not going to ask any questions, going to fight against every moral and ethical bone in my body and get the hell out of here. You then hop in your car, you head home. Next thing you know, the following evenings, every single time you walk to your bed before you jump into bed, there are black figures that are humanoid in shape, bipedal, you can't make out their faces, but every single time they attack you, but you know that it's they because it is a different person and a different gender each and every time. Now, without further ado, I just want to say we do have a Patreon. It does help support the show. I will be getting to some shoutouts very soon. I know this week we've been a little more quiet than usual simply because... We've been working on a lot of things on the back end to gear up for some major interviews and things like this. With that being said, though, today's episode is called The Castle, igniting Mel's hole via Ficant to summon Wendigo hybrids. Now, first off, 
excuse me, the castle stands for Center for Advanced Study of Terrestrial Languages for Ebens. Now, here's what we have to also take a look at as well, too. We need to understand the definitions of some different things here. Let's look at Ficant, okay, before we get into Mel's Hole and this whole thing here. According to warroom.armywarcollege.edu, Ficant, envis envisioning future war through fiction and intelligence. There's a particular individual within our members-only uh, section of the show on Patreon that actually pointed this out to myself and some other members in the last handful of days. You know who you are, sir. Thank you very much. Now, if we scroll down a little bit here, here's what we're going to find, which is quite interesting and peculiar uh, pertaining to all of this. Now, take a look at this right over here. And I quote, what does the future of war look like? A common trope is that militaries default to fighting the last war, leaving themselves exposed when the next war emerges. Conventional war planning may not always provide the best answer, so what are the alternatives? One is exploring the future through fiction, where authors can analyze and develop war scenarios from friendly, enemy, and neutral perspectives. A Better Place welcomes a scholar and author who has done just that. August Cole is both a war futurist at the Atlantic Council and co-author of the novel Ghost Fleet, a novel novel of the next war with P.W. Singer. The novel imagines various ways that emerging technologies may be leveraged by both sides in a predominantly Indo-Pacific environment. August Cole, this is very important here, folks, generalizes this approach in what he calls Ficant. The combination, this has actually been uh, proven to be legitimate and has only come to fruition on the surface level of things relative to what is actually applied within a certain uh, intelligence agency briefings, briefings, excuse me. Ficant, the combination of fiction writing with intelligence to imagine future scenarios in ways grounded in reality. The approach helps both to raise self-awareness and challenge one's own assumptions while articulating complex concepts using tried and true waiting techniques that emphasize tension, conflict, and clarity. End quote. This is quite peculiar and interesting because if we take a step back here, here's what we're going to find. The approach helps both to raise self-awareness and challenges one's own assumption in addition to, again, Ficken standing for the combination of fiction writing with intelligence to imagine future scenarios in ways grounded in reality. Here's the interesting thing, though. It's inverted relative to the way in which society is perceived because for those that are members, you have already seen this episode, an early access, early release episode. I discuss in a recent Let's Get Band that I recorded fairly recently as of the time I'm recording this episode, that society is viewed in an inverted way relative to, again, many of us know this, with the sort of hierarchical structure, the elites are at the top, and then we have us at the masses at the bottom. Rather, it should be flipped, where, again, the masses control and dictate what should or should not be put through certain, again, companies pertaining to creating better uh, forms of energy and propulsion for humanity, you know, better pharmaceuticals. Again, that's a kumbaya, you know, esoteric, beautiful, hypothetically perfect world, if you will. But the reason this is so significant is because relative to the example I gave at the beginning about you being a paranormal investigator and you engaging and having these only next to your bed, these humanoid type beings, what you're finding here is that they're not paranormal, yet they're not biological. They are a mix. They are a synergetic hybrid using certain elements, okay, such as the elements of tungsten, such as the elements of, again, certain titanium alloys within the subatomic structures that have been redesigned at a holographic level to manifest in a way that could actually infuse the physical world with the esoteric world. Now, a lot of people say, okay, when, you know, you experience, a, you see a ghost or you experience something paranormal per se, you know, generally speaking, there's not too much physical interaction unless a being is summoning enough energy in one way or another, whether good or bad is hard to say, but summoning enough energy in order to move certain objects. But these beings 
are constantly at your bed every night relative to the example I gave. They're always attacking you. And here's what's interesting as well too. Camden will be putting up a video right now of an example of this, but in addition to that, they're always attacking you, but once they get close to you, you feel like a magnetic bump. You feel like you're hurt, but at the same time, whatever this being does when it comes comes onto you, you feel like you and it are a magnet resisting one another, sort of like when you take a positive and a, a positive magnet and you try to push them against each other. It just doesn't work. Similar to how Bob Lazar mentioned as well too, again, about when you take, for example, excuse me, sorry, a positive and a negative, my apologies, when Bob Lazar said he was at S4 and he said when he put his hand close to some of these apparatuses that he was uh, instructed to study and review and these propulsion systems, it was just, he couldn't, it was just magnetic, like a force field, if you will. Now, let's take a look at what Wendigos are, okay? So, according to UFO-Secret.com, the Wendigo is a mythical creature thought to inhabit the northern, the northern forests of the United States. The first reports of the Wendigo come from Native American tribes who claim to have seen the creature. Sightings of the Wendigo were often associated with food shortage and the coldness of winter. In modern times, people have claimed to see the Wendigo in real life and capture the mysterious creature on tape. Today on Apex TV, we take a look uh, again at the top five Wendigo caught on camera spotted in real life, end quote. Now, that's just a definition of what a Wendigo is. It seems as though that we may be describing what we just discussed in our uh, initial example here. We may in fact be describing literal beings of Wendigos and which are in fact hybrids infused with that of an energetic VMAT3 gene, not VMAT2 gene, VMAT3 gene that has subsequently inverted the biology of the being while also at the same time making it so that the being is non-existent within this dimension but it's ionized, uh, I guess you could say, the, the ions around it, rather, excuse me, are existent. And I know that's a little bit confusing, so just bear with me. We'll get to that in a second. Let's understand, first and foremost, however, Mel's Hole. According to Wikipedia, Mel's Hole, according to an urban legend, is a bottomless pit near Ellensburg, Washington. Claims about it were first made on the radio show Coast to Coast AM by a guest calling himself Mel Waters. Later investigation revealed no such person was listed as residing in that area and no credible evidence that the hole exists. End quote. Again, this is Wikipedia. We all know this to be quite questionable relative to what we now know to be true with a lot of other instances and examples. However, going back to fictional intelligence and the way in which Wendigos are spotted, it's quite interesting to see that Wendigos have been known to be spotted around, again, if we jump back over here to UFO-Secret.com, they're generally known to be, again, uh, within the northern forests of the United States. Interestingly enough, parallel to certain ley lines within the northern forest, but also perpendicular to certain elites' houses and mansions. Now, again, the proposal that these elites are summoning and manifesting these type of, you know, biological, but spiritual hybrids in a certain regard sounds ridiculous and crazy right but here's the thing though when we take a look at something like fictional intelligence understanding the esoteric projection of i guess you could say it in a, in a macro level projecting that of mass consciousness similar to 9-11 but on a much more scaled down level what you have are manifestations of biological and esoteric beings that occur within certain geographical vicinities of a certain a part of any planet not just earth that's why if we take a look here we'll see it could be strongly argued that Wendigos are only seen to inhabit the northern forests. The same northern forests where these elites have these mansions? I mean, again, we gotta speculate because the government's just constantly been lying, and then if we try to even look up, out of curiosity, the definition, Wikipedia says about uh, Mel's Hole and things like Wendigos, no, no, it doesn't exist, but you know, if they are seen, they're seen in the northern forests. Interesting, isn't it? Now, let's take a look at this right over here mysteriousTrip.com. Mel's Hole, quote, has become famous uh, because of Mel Waters' interview with Art Bell on the American radio show. Mel Waters claimed that he found a hole near Ellensburg, Washington. 
However, the story told by Mel Waters was mysterious, and it is the same as Mel Waters was curious. Okay, Mel had claimed that the whole uh, found by him has many paranormal powers. This is where it gets interesting, folks. Moreover, any further investigation, no evidence was found regarding the whole. Even it was also found that no person named Mel Waters lives near Ellensburg, Washington. Jack Powell had made his mind to investigate more about the bottomless hole. Here's the interesting thing as well, too. He had claimed some false facts about a hole in that interview. He had told about the paranormal characteristics of the bottomless hole. However, one of the state geologists named Jack Powell found this story somewhat curious and launched an, an investigation on that hole. This is what's interesting as well, too. Again, end quote, if we jump on over to buggedspace.com, we'll see here such a significant number of bizarre things occur in the Pacific Northwest, again, the northern area, that comparatively Mel's Hole in the Ground seems really harmless from the outset. Mel's Hole is one of the most baffling spots in the territory of Washington. Okay, now take a look at this right over here. Although, as its name suggests, its first existence was brought up by Mel Waters on February 21st, 1997 on Coast to Coast AM. However, Mel's Hole existed long before Waters. Waters came around. Waters bought the property. Local residents, authorities, and, and indigenous tribes knew about the hole for decades. Okay? Before Waters explained about this hole, it was popularly known as the Devil's Hole by the locals, and they believed that there was definitely something unsettling about this hole's existence, but no one wanted to either find out or cared about the unusual thing that might be. End quote. Again, we have a picture of it seemingly right here. Now, again, could it could be Photoshop, but doesn't seem to be. If it was, they would have had to appropriately cite it, but again, not exactly a quote-unquote mainstream media website, so it's up for debate. Now, here's what's interesting. There's a lot of people saying, you know, Mel's Hole is real, Mel's Hole is not real. Here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying this is factual, but what if it's both? Why do I say this? Well, if you folks refer back to Clifford's, the Project Camelot interview with Clifford Stone, okay, whether it was, you know, we, we covered a little bit at the end of our recent live stream, or if you are a member and you checked out some of the more in-depth discussions that we covered on that, you'll see that Mr. at least understanding relative to what he knows to be true, Mr. Stone, not saying that it's fact globally, because again, we understand holography perception and now fictional intelligence corresponding with that of an esoteric influence can actually change that. But Mr. Clifford Stone said at the time in 2006 that we wouldn't find evidence of time travel relative to ourselves traveling through time because it is not the way in which it works, at least in this dimension, meaning that from the point in which you are born up until the point in which there is a curative tentative time slot in which your body physically, uh, uh, biologically deteriorates, that is a linear perception in which there may be different ways and curations of how destiny relative to the simulation theory could be uh, curated or fixed. However, some people actually experience split realities. Therefore, we understand that of the Mandela effect some people very strongly argue that the Mandela effect is also the suppression of that of the mind control energetic grid, and I could understand that quite substantially as well. However, think of it like this. You're born, born at point A, okay? Friend of yours is born at point B. In your life, point A to you, as you understand it, once you're born from point A and onward, you realize Mel's hole is legitimate. And you're like, holy crap, how come no one's reporting on this? Only, you know, these sort of, uh, you know, independent websites, which I have great respect for, but, you know, nothing mainstream media is covering this, right? understandably you get why use common sense point b you're born at point b and then you realize there might be a mel's hole some people have talked about it but i'm pretty sure it's fake because when i went to go myself to go to the location in which again the the, the gentleman mel said it was it wasn't there here's the thing they're both existing parallel to that of which is similar to the example i gave at the beginning of this episode which is that you have when you if you were the one born born at point a excuse me you are experiencing a more esoteric incursion of that in which the reality of earth is i guess you could say manifesting 
using certain ionized air pockets to manifest that whole relative to fictional intelligence being written prior to your birth of the way in which mass consciousness could be curved, if that makes sense. From point B, you have a more biological, I guess you could say dense reality in which you live in, which is not a bad thing. It's just, again, both exist simultaneously. Now, here's what's interesting. When you take something like the internet and both you, point A and point B, go and type your, your maybe say you write a tweet, you write a blog about Mel's Hole, Point A guy is going to say, no, 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 it's real. I, I just saw it. Point B guy is going to say, uh, I don't think so. And this is where the two intersect because you're both using the internet. And as we now know, quantum physics is proving there's more similarities between the composition of this universe and that of the internet, which could subscribe to support that of the simulation theory, rather. Again, I could be wrong, but if we apply that same method, the internet would be the way in which person A and person B would communicate via the two different realities. You're still in the same, um, the same dimension. But the realities in terms of density and esotericism are slightly elevated, and that comes from a frequential source. I hope that makes sense. The only way in which you can communicate with one another indirectly is via the internet, which is why you would, in theory, have conflicting articles such as this about Mel's Hole. Do you see what I'm saying here, folks? I hope that really makes sense. Now, we know this because let's take a look at English. Excuse me, Alarabia, Alarabia News, okay? Lab-grown human brain develops eyes that can see and sense light. Why is this so significant? Okay, and I quote, published in the cell in the cell stem cell journal under Science Direct, the research involved growing human-driven brain organoids in two bilaterally symmetrical optic cups in a lab to help scientists better understand the process of eye differentiation and development and to study the effects of drugs and disease on the brain. Now, end quote, this is what's interesting. Take a look at this right over here. They are using, again, structures that can send signals to the brain and sense light. You know what's interesting about light? If you can bend light waves, you can therefore bend the optical view in which you perceive it from a biological perspective relative to what Lockheed Martin has quietly put on their website now saying, oh, you know, by the way, we can turn our our, our, uh, our vehicles invisible, our aircraft invisible. We just bend the light around it using gravity, you know, gravity, graviton waves, if you want to call it, we bend gravity. What if you bend light so dense to a point in which there is a parallel or separate reality that has subtle differences that curate the different formulations using certain esoteric influences such as fictional intelligence? to make such occurrences happen, if that makes sense. Now, take a look at this right over here. CBC.ca, physicist who found a way to trap light wins $1 million science prize. University of Toronto professor Sajiv John is the 2021 winner of the $1 million Herzberg medal, end quote. I'm not going to uh, uh, criticize anything that this gentleman's done. I think he's done a phenomenal job relative to the surface level of academia, not the hidden things. However, what I find peculiar is that notice how all of a sudden there's these grants and research and funding capabilities and, you know, dummy companies all of a sudden being set up about trapping light, bending light. Do you see how all of a sudden nowadays it's like, oh my God, you know, we bend light, we can turn things invisible. This co company out in Vancouver, by the way, in addition to this article here shows that an independent company used bending light from some, you know, uh, you know, I guess you could say mysterious funds, uh, funding and individuals per se, to be able to make certain things appear that you can walk right through and no one would see you. 
okay? What I'm saying here is notice all of a sudden the public academia is all of a sudden being funded to bend light, manipulate light. Therefore, if it gets even denser than that, gravity. So let's take a look at something right over here. BGR.com. A ninth planet in our solar system may have just been discovered. Data gathered in 1983 shows signs of what a British astronomer believes to be possible evidence of a ninth planet in our solar system. This news could provide some solace to people who are still upset over Pluto's demotion to a dwarf planet. Okay, now take a look at this right over here. Let's scroll down a little bit more. Rowan Robinson decided to look back on the data from the IRAS's 10-month mission to see if anything in the data had remained undiscovered. The professor paid careful attention to objects that move slowly between one observation and another. End quote. This is where we can debate as to whether or not there's legitimacy to this, and I'll tell you why. The fact that this individual, not to slander, not to defame, not in any regard, suddenly decided to say, hey, of all the archives that I have, let's go back to the, the footage from 1983. Who may have instructed this individual to individual to do that? Who may have, you know, give, given a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to say, hey, you know, you want to check those archives again? There might be something there, and this time, maybe we'll let you publish it. You see what I'm saying here, folks? Look at the curation and the control of the way in which academia is pushing the narrative, which is still frightening me in a lot of regards. And I say this because I'm not saying this is factual with respects to what I just said pertaining to Rowan and uh, uh, Rowan Robinson in terms of how they wanted to go back and look at their footage. But generally speaking, this is how it would work relative to the drop feeding of things. And we know this because if we look at things like LiveScience.com, just published four days ago, Interstellar Visitor... Oumuamua wasn't a nitrogen iceberg, Harvard astrophysicists say. The bizarre interloper called Oumuamua, hopefully I'm saying that right, continues to defy explanation, end quote. Oh, really? Does it? Again, I'm not trying to insult the people posting this and doing legitimate uh, surface-level research, but the, to the people that have known this for years and years and years, it, again, your guys' time is coming up soon, very hopefully, very strongly. And again, look at this. Next article right over here, fizz.org, technically speaking, mainstream media website. Not saying it was aliens, but Oumuamua probably wasn't a nitrogen iceberg. Again, now take a look at this right over here, livescience.com. Wormholes may be viable shortcuts through space-time after all, new study suggests. Didn't we just do last week a public episode on AI cargo with wormholes? Again, and this was published four days ago, so I couldn't have, you know, referenced this article earlier on because it just wasn't published. Take a look at this, and I quote, The new theory contradicts earlier predictions that these shortcuts would instantly collapse. Wormholes or portals between black holes may be stable after all, a wild new theory suggests. Again, a lot of suggesting going on these days, you know, a lot of, you know, wormholes, ET, UFO, paranormal beings attacking us. A lot of things are happening in that regard. A lot of quote-unquote suggestions per se. Now, you might be saying, okay, Dave, what does this have to do, again, uh, by the way, with, you know, these different uh, Wendigo hybrids? And what does this have to do with Mel's Hole and all of that? Well, what we're seeing here, folks is a manifestation via that of the Orion Draco reptilians that are attempting to utilize the moon. And I know you might be saying, what the hell? What are you talking about the moon? To utilize the moon as a data storage base relative to energetic lunar waves that seem to occur on the on the surface. Now, what I say by this is when we, what I mean by this rather is when we see, for example, a recent article saying that oxygen 
has been could support up to you know many many people on the moon and things like this you're telling me they didn't know that before those mysterious lunar waves that our digital telescopes can now see when zooming into the moon those ufos coming in and out of the moon that we now see you're telling me all of a sudden that's just new again these articles need to come out perpendicular to that of the relative technology within the commercialized space of academia because that is where the structure is controlled and held because the manifestations of a lot of these again hybrids wendigo hybrids where they're both biological and spiritual is so so advanced that there is no way that this cannot be revealed to the world without there being some form of mass disclosure and when i say mass disclosure i'm not speaking of the et or ufo disclosure what i'm speaking of are things like this right here vancouver is awesome.com vancouver researchers create minority report tech for designer drugs there is an entire world of chemical dark matter just beyond our fingertips right now end quote they need to bring this out quickly you see how they just said that blatantly there's an entire world of chemical dark matter just beyond our fingertips right now you know what they talk about in this article they used ai to create drugs that we as humans never even thought of now whether they're drugs for pleasure whether they're drugs for different things for you know pharmaceutical purposes it's hard to say but this is where they're this is where they're merging the two dark matter again the esoteric angle of things except they have to use the terms dark matter relative to the mainstream media words to disseminate to the masses dark matter and again just beyond our fingertips that's both a metaphor, but a literal meaning. Using things like fictional intelligence, thickened, as they call it. You know, you have fictional intelligence, human intelligence, they call it humant, I think it's called, or yeah, humant, humant, signals intelligence, sigint, I think that's the short term. Again, we now have fictional intelligence because of the way in which the point A and B examples are given relative to the esoteric inversion of how there are different seances and wendigo hybrids occurring. Now, Final article right over here, TheVerge.com, mainstream media. Meta's sci-fi haptic glove prototype lets you feel VR objects using air pockets. Interesting. Now, what happens if we ionize those air pockets? Oh, no, 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 no. We can't do that. That's I'm being sarcastic, by the way, but we can't do that. That's way too far-fetched for the masses to know about. Who are the people at the top hiding with those Zodiac, Majestic 12, you name it? Who are they to say that they should be hiding the secrets? Now, I understand we play devil's advocate again. We have to also understand, too, that we don't want terrorists to get a hold of such technology but interestingly enough how they stop just short of of again explaining and making that extraterrestrial connection again we can argue very strongly dave maybe this is confirmation bias but folks let's take a look at some of the article right over here meta formerly facebook is known for its high profile by the way yeah i i know what you're what you're thinking right when you heard that but known for its high profile moves into virtual and augmented reality for seven years though it's been quietly working on one of its most ambitious projects yet a haptic glove that reproduces sens sensations like grasping an object or running your hand along a surface end quote if you take a look at the patent the actual glove tends to work better within ionized air pockets tell me that's a fluke Please tell me that's a fluke. You see what we're getting at here, folks? We are witnessing the intermergence of esotericism and biological materialistic density. With that being said, folks, let me know what you think. We'll catch you very, very soon. Cheers.